Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-hosts, Sam Rose. Hello. Steph Nutso. Hi. I didn't say and, but it was just the two of them. <laughs> and then I um, said. <laughs> coming up on the show, we're chatting about JT finally apologising for being a dick. A Disney star has been fired over racist tweets. A resurfaced Lindsay Lohan video has people angry. A lot of anger. A lot of anger in this episode. Kiss or miss returns and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. Just letting you guys know that when we recorded this episode, we had uh, a multitude of technical difficulties. So you will notice a change in Steph's audio throughout the episode and we apologize. As we've spoken about previously, Justin Timberlake has kind of skated through life with no real consequences for some of the very shitty stuff he's done in the past when speaking about ex-girlfriend Britney Spears and of course the way he got away completely unscathed after the Janet Jackson Super Bowl moment despite it being his fault. Framing Britney Spears, which I am desperate to watch, I'm sure you guys are too, is a documentary that was recently released and looks at the circumstances that led to Britney's conservatorship in 2008 and highlights the free Britney movement, which fans and celebs alike have been talking about for a long time now. And the documentary has really highlighted some of the shitty things that Justin Timberlake did to contribute to Britney's demise in the entertainment world. Now he's finally apologised in a statement shared to Instagram. I've seen the messages, tags, comments and concerns and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism, he wrote. I specifically want to apologise to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women and I know I failed. I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better and most importantly because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be part of and grow from. The industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success. It's designed this way. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this because of my ignorance. I didn't recognise it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life. But I do not ever want to benefit from others being pulled down again. Oh, he goes on. It, it's actually quite long. <laughs> um, you sound sick of it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in the documentary, an old interview with Justin plays where he talks about sleeping with her and he talks about hiring a lookalike for his Crimea River video. I'm sure you guys know the video very well, um, mm. which was used to tell the world that she apparently cheated on him and that was the reason that their relationship ended. And he knew that this would do no good to her reputation but he did it anyway and he manipulated the narrative to his advantage completely and it's funny how britney had to spend about 10 years making up for apparently cheating on him while he had pretty little consequences after allegations of him cheating on his wife jessica beale in late 2019 which we definitely remember Mm. and of course he wasn't the sole person responsible for Britney's mental health issues, but he did use slut shaming to skyrocket his own career and didn't really do anything to help her. For Janet Jackson, she never fully recovered from the Super Bowl performance professionally. She had to apologise repeatedly. She was banned from that year's Grammys. Her music was blacklisted and her subsequent album tanked despite receiving really good reviews, actually. Justin, however, didn't receive the same sort of public punishment and was invited to perform back at the Super Bowl Mm. in 2018. In 2007, he said in an interview with MTV, 
If you consider it 50-50, then I probably got 10% of the blame. I think America is harsher on women. I think America is unfairly harsh on ethnic people, which is a weird way to say it. I could have handled it better. However, it wasn't enough for him to invite Janet back on stage. Maybe that would have been nice when he went to the Super Bowl years later. And he's kind of made his career by sort of slut-shaming women and... He continued to give interview after interview to his own benefit. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah. He, this is the first time he's ever apologized. And I actually saw a comment on a BuzzFeed story about this that also said that what goes around comes around was used to slut shame Alicia Cuthbert for breaking off an engagement to his best friend. And they used another lookalike, Scarlett Johansson, to, and showed her dying in the car crash in that video. So it seems that you don't want to get on the wrong side of JT. Yeah. Right? He sounds so petty. Right? Do you reckon the apology was enough? I think it was too late. Yeah. Honestly. Um, and I, yeah, it's probably not enough to just do a blanket statement and then, like, what, like, wash I don't know his what hands I'm trying to it. do, but wash, yeah, wash his hands of it. Yeah, like, there's so much he could have done in the past to be proactive about everything that would have happened. I think. He was being a selfish asshole when it came to Britney. Obviously, he was... If she did cheat on him, he was obviously hurt about it. But, like, making a song about it and just... I remember the lookalike and thinking, is that Britney Spears? Why is she in this music video? Yeah, so I think the apology is too late. And But at this point, what can he do? Other than just say some words and hope they forgive him. Yeah. And just hope that everyone forgets about it. Yeah. Again. Yeah, like, maybe that's what he's yeah. hoping we, for. We seem to have forgotten about a few of his other, you know, like the cheating thing. I do remember it. But as we said, that he just didn't receive much consequence. No, whereas when you think of Janet Jackson, you think of the, the boob incident. When really, yeah. she's way more than that. She's a fantastic performer. So, mm. I think that the whole thing, like, it's... I think that the apology was probably coming from a genuine place, I I guess. Um, And I do think it's important that he he made that statement. But, yeah, I think it is very late and um, a lot of damage has been done. I think that, you know, like you said, he could have in the past – done something to sort of you know maybe invite janet jackson back onto a show or something to to maybe lessen some of the damage to her um career and with britney as well you know at the height of her her difficulties he could have stepped up and maybe been like okay everybody let's let's back off a little bit um so it does sort of take away from from the message when when he there's been no kind of actionable um efforts there to 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 undo any of of the damage i'm not sure like exactly what he could do right now to be honest but i would like to see a little bit of effort so i just don't want to see him anymore like i (laughs) yeah no me too i loved JT when I was younger. I, I was obsessed. Steph and I met him. We, did. we were so oh, excited. You met him. We were so excited. Yeah. And like at the time it was the best day of our lives. Mm. Really? But you know, 
when you when you do look back on this stuff because you know when when the Super Bowl happened we were young yeah like if I wasn't reading articles and stuff we about have seen that it. when it happened yeah. Yeah, yeah like I knew it happened but I didn't know much about it like I didn't know the extent of how much it hurt Janet Jackson's career same yeah, yeah I had so, no and, idea so, and how much he profited well I just can't stand him and I haven't I just don't like him I think I saw him and it's been a long time I think I never really liked his music either growing up and um I saw him in a movie recently like during the week last week called Inside uh-huh. Lewin Davis oh and oh. very good movie. And then JT comes on and I just go, oh, oh <laughs> and yeah. Casey was like, okay, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what though? Even like the way, cause I heard um, the interview that they're referring to in this documentary and the radio host is, he goes like, you know, at that time, like Brittany had that real like virginal kind of. Well, she had said that she was waiting for marriage. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he goes, "Oh, did you sleep with her?" And he goes, "Oh, all right, I did it. Yes." Yeah. And it's like, I just think that the way that he went about that was so bad. He could have just literally been like, "Oh, look, mate, none of your bit, none of your business." Yeah. 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 But the way he's like, "Oh, yeah, I did it." Yeah, gross. Yeah. Shut up. It was just, yeah, it was really insensitive and really childish. That whole thing. Um. But I have found it really interesting to see how people have responded to his apology because oh, yeah. I I assumed that everybody would be like, oh, look, you know, he's learning and th- maybe he is. Like, I think that, you know, the apology is something, but I've, I've seen a lot of, like, negative reactions to it. So I thought that was yeah, kind of interesting. Enough. I saw a BuzzFeed article that listed out a whole bunch of them and one of them was like, Basically saying, you know, Justin's publicist in publicists in turn wrote that apology. Um, it does read a bit that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And another one was like, Justin Timberlake, take your trolls money and cry me a river. Just oh, yeah. ba- basically telling him to to shut the fuck up. Because also he's he's had a fair few stuff ups in recent months. So. And he kind of just skates through on that like goofy. I'm a funny guy. I'm best friends with Jimmy Fallon. Like, but who isn't? Like, Jimmy Fallon's best friends with everyone. Like, <laughs> but yeah. genuinely, they oh, are okay. best friends, it seems. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I feel like that's how he kind of skates through. Gina Carano has been fired from playing Cara Dune in The Mandalorian due to her politically charged social media posts and the backlash which caused people to hashtag fire Gina Carano. In September last year, she made news headlines with her controversial decision to update her Twitter bio with the words beep, bop, and boop. And this was in response to receiving pressure to use trans-friendly pronouns, which, you know, like, what's the big deal? (laughs) But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. Um, It's so fucking rude. Isn't it? Gina since clarified that she was not mocking trans people, but instead, and I quote, she was exposing the bullying mentality of the mob that has taken over the voices of many genuine causes. Gina went on to apologise and explain that her co-star Pedro Pascal, who stars as the Mandalorian, 
who has a trans sister, helped her see why her Twitter bio was ignorant and offensive. And Gina has made it no secret that she will express her opinions, no matter how controversial they may appear. In a written response to someone who told her Black Lives Matter protesters were trying to educate her so she could get on the right side of history, Gina said, and I quote, In my experience, screaming at someone that they are racist when they are indeed not a racist, and any post and or research you do will show you those exact facts, then I'm sorry these people are not educators, they are cowards and bullies. She has also said that the US election needed a cleanup, which made many believe uh, she thought the election was rigged. And her stance on COVID shouldn't be hard to decipher either, considering she said Democratic government leaders now recommend we all wear blindfolds along with masks so we, so we can't see what's really going on. Jesus I thought that was way. kind of funny. Far out. What a list. I bet is there, is there more? Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, but the post that ultimately led to Gina's dismissal from The Mandalorian was one in which she compared the current US political climate to Nazi Germany. She shared an awful image of a woman who we assume is Jewish running through the streets with a bloody face. Uh, It's really quite upsetting to see. And Gina wrote the following. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbours, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realise that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbours hate them simply for being Jew. Jewish, I think she means. The hashtag Gina Carano was trending again as many viewed her post anti-Semitic, and ultimately the production company behind The Mandalorian, Lucasfilm, fired her and said her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities, are abhorrent and unacceptable. So before I talk about this further, I wanted to get your initial thoughts on the situation, on her being fired and and her post. I mean, I didn't know much about her before I watched The Mandalorian last year. I'm not up to date. I guess I still don't really know much about her, to be fair, except that she seems to be a horrible person. But how disappointing, because when she was on the show, I thought that she was, like, a badass, like, cool woman. Um... Yeah, and then that's just very disappointing. And I did see as well that after it was announced that she had been let go, a lot of people on social media were saying that they were going to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions because of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys. I don't think you're going to make that big of a dent in Disney's pocket, to be honest. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And Steph, what do you think of this whole situation? Yeah, so I think, like, I was actually – I was really happy to see that – you know, Lucasfilm and Disney took a stand on this because I think traditionally you see a lot of these comments coming out and, uh, you know, people don't often have any consequences for that and there's an apology and they move on or whatever. But um, I think there's no going around this. Like what she was saying was anti-Semitic and she's had a lot of other really problematic opinions. So it was definitely the right move to get rid of her so um i think if you if you don't address that front on then you're just excusing it and that's not something that i think is okay yeah see so for me something about all of this didn't quite sit right with me uh so yes i think she's clearly a conservative and says incredibly obnoxious and ignorant things but for her latest post I didn't see anything anti-Semitic about it. 
I thought I thought it was ridiculous to compare one of the worst genocides in history to hating Trump supporters, but I just didn't see anything where she was condoning, like Nazi Germany. Um, and I've been umming and ahhing about this, like, should she have been fired? And and you know what, I can't definitively say yes or no based on this latest post. Um, I think all the other posts that she's made. They're probably not helping the political climate. Then I came across this piece by Jonathan, and I'm unsure how to pronounce his last name, so I'll just spell it out. It's C-H-A-I-T. In this piece, Jonathan compares the 1940s and 50s Hollywood blacklist for communists to the current treatment of right-wing celebrities, which I thought was quite fascinating. Um, I'd never thought of it that way. So something I want to point out, while Jonathan doesn't make it known in his article, he is liberal and he grew up Jewish, which, you know, probably doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this, but I think it's a great example of how someone can have their own beliefs and grow up, you know, with that kind of history, but still have the ability to objectively think about the treatment of others whose beliefs traditionally oppose your own. I I thought this was a good example, this piece. So his response to those who are calling Gina anti-Semitic is this. Quoting him now, I don't find this post especially insightful, but overheated comparisons to Nazi Germany are quite common and more to the point, not anti-Semitic. There is no hint anywhere in this post of sympathy for Nazis or blame for their victims. He went on to say that technically the studios have the legal right to refuse to associate themselves with people who have abhorrent beliefs, but a fairer and more liberal society is able to create some space between an individual's political views and the position of their employer. And actors ought to be able to work even if they support an an authoritarian bigot like Donald Trump. Um, I will definitely link this article on our Facebook group, which is PopFix Podcast, because I think it's quite thought-provoking. I don't know if I necessarily agree with him that, you know, if you're a strong... Trump supporter, or if, you know, if you are supportive of, you know, a dictator, you should be able to do something that has such gravitas, like being famous, being celebrity, has a lot of influence, and we've seen that. But I just thought it was a really interesting article to compare what's happening right now, in that, you know, if you're a conservative, if you're Republican, then you're immediately cancelled, at least, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily that way, but, you know, if you go on social media and make these statements, people, they want you out. They want you gone. I just thought it was, yeah, really thought provoking. Yeah, I thought that, um, well, I'm, I'm assuming from what I've seen on social media, but I assumed that people, like, because I, I think people have been calling for her firing for a long time. Yeah, a long time. And I saw a few tweets that I thought summed it up quite nicely. Um like one said, since being fired by Disney, Gina Carano has been supported from far-right staples like white supremacist Lauren Southern, the Proud Boys, and QAnon adherents. When the loudest voices by your side are neo-Nazis, fascists, and conspiracy mongers, you done fucked up. <laughs> Another said, Pedro Pascal arrived in the USA as a refugee fleeing the Pinochet dictatorship's violence. As a naturalized Latinx uh, citizen, he's a member of a minority group targeted by, a Trump, by the Trump admin. He has a trans sibling. Gina Carano has publicly expressed bigotry about all of those things. They added, by her own admission, Pascal took the time to make a good faith attempt to educate her about the harm she was doing. She responded to that by doubling down despite official warnings. Any employer should fire someone for treating their colleagues like that. 
Kind of similarly to the Britney Spears stuff, David Letterman is copping huge backlash after an interview he did with Lindsay Lohan in 2013 recently resurfaced, showing him repeatedly making fun of her for going to rehab. Hmm, classy, Dave. <laughs> the interview was meant to be about Lindsay's new film, Scary Movie 5. However, the late, the late Show host instead brought up the actress's court-ruled rehab stint, which was set to take place soon after. It was also something he didn't bring up in the pre-interview, leaving Lindsay shocked and clearly uncomfortable by the questioning. So he asks her, aren't you supposed to be in rehab now? And she goes, do you not watch anything that goes on? What are you, a tabloid now? She's clearly annoyed. And then he continues peppering her with questions like, how long will you be in rehab? How many times have you been to rehab? As well as, how will this time be different? And then he goes, what are they rehabbing, first of all? What is on their list? What are they going to work on when you walk through the door? And she's just getting exceedingly more uncomfortable. And she tells him, we didn't discuss this in the pre-interview, just saying. And she's clearly looking off camera, trying to like get someone's attention. And she then tells him, I think, to be honest, I'm the happiest when I'm working and the healthiest. And I think this is an opportunity for me to focus on what I love in life. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a blessing. So here she's trying to make it sound like a positive thing, which obviously, you know, I'm sure at that moment in her life, it was very hectic. Despite her multiple attempts to get him to move on with his questioning, David continues to ask her about rehab and her lifestyle. At one point, Lindsay tells him they've already spoken about this in the past, and he goes, really? When did we? Now I'm the one having blackouts. I ought to be in rehab for the love of God. And she goes, we're here for a movie. Let's stay on the positive. David then tried to move into a pre-planned segment, but Lindsay, unsurprisingly, didn't trust him and asked to check his notes after being taken by surprise by the rehab questions. Uh, she looks at them and she's clearly not impressed by what he's written down. And the actress later told him, you can't make a joke of it. That's so mean. No, you're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, it's my show now. Uh, the clip was shared on Twitter with the caption, this Lindsay Lohan interview on David Letterman in 2013 is horrifying to watch now. Many fans were impressed though about how Lindsay remained calm and kept the mood light despite being obviously annoyed by the questions. Um, one Twitter user wrote, um, he really enjoyed asking women inappropriate questions and watching them squirm while the audience laughed. Another said, this clip is horrifying in so many ways, but one thing that stuck out to me, it, uh, is, it is the perfect example of when women try to politely advocate for themselves in a way that society would hopefully deem not bitchy and yet they get steamrolled and ignored. Someone else wrote, cruel and ignorant. Until people understand addiction is a disease, there is no hope. My God. Um, and yeah, others are saying that they felt really sorry for her, that she was very poised and classy. Um, do you guys think that we're just going to start finding a bunch of interviews like this where people talk to these young stars in that way? Because it seems to be that there are so many left to be uncovered and it makes me feel so bad for people like Brittany and Lindsay because the media at the time really took advantage of their situations and made us believe that everything that was written was true. And Lindsay was so calm throughout that interview. She did such a great job after being put in a really shitty situation. So I just feel bad. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that, um, well, like we've already started to see a bunch of these come out. So you got Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, but then I've also seen um, comments on Amanda Bynes and how people have treated her throughout her um, career and like the experiences of, with, with her, with her health as well. So I would not be surprised if we saw more of these pop up. But I mean, I, while I think that there has been some steps 
in a positive direction in the way that we treat people in terms of, you know, mental health and addiction, I still think that there are so many problems. Like if you look at how Meghan Markle was treated when it came to her um, miscarriage and uh, just, I mean, throughout the whole time that she's been in in the royal family, that still shows that we have that really ugly side to us and the media still has a lot of work to do. I mean, even with Meghan Markle, um, she and Prince Harry announced that they're expecting their second child and um, there's one uh, publication, I've forgotten the name of it, but I think, and I don't know if this is a fake or if this is real, but one of their uh, the front pages is going to be like um, privacy-seeking woman tells tells seven point however many billion people she's expecting a baby or something like they haven't named her but they've called her like oh, privacy seeking oh, or something like that chill out god like oh man <laughs> <laughs> i just oh it's so petty that kind of stuff so i have a confession to make i used to watch david letterman every night yes I when really... we talked about this you were like no i love david letterman yeah and i do and i um and now I need to re-examine why, why I loved him. I haven't watched him in years. Um, even his Netflix special I haven't watched much of. Um, but, you know, the thing with David Letterman is this is classic him. He'll get a celebrity on. He'll push their buttons um, because he knows it's entertaining. And there's a famous interview with Madonna where she's just not having any of it. Uh, I really recommend you watch that. Um but his comedy worked because he went in for the shock value and you found yourself laughing even if you didn't know, like, oh, should I be laughing at this? Right. Um, and to be honest, I don't really remember this interview with Lindsay Lohan, nor do I find it that funny. I think Lindsay taking power and control of the situation was really amazing. Uh, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I probably would have crumbled. But to be honest, I think her publicist let her down they should have prepped her, and maybe they did prep her. Maybe that's why she was so calm in hindsight. And she but they gave really should have prepped her on it being like a positive. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe they did prep her. Maybe she was prepared for this. But on the flip side, David Letterman himself struggled with alcoholism. So it's just weird to see him going in on this. Um, we don't know if that's why she went to rehab. Of course, there could have been other reasons. But you know, someone who struggled with uh, drug abuse uh, can be so how he can be so cutting is quite bizarre but then again comedians who are big and successful often have their demons but when they know what works they know the formula they know that the shock value is going to get them you're going to get a good laugh out of people when they're taken off guard but when i was talking to casey my fiance about this he um oh and this loops into our story about britney spears actually um he Casey pointed out a 2010 monologue from talk show host and comedian Craig Ferguson. Oh, yes, I heard who, about this. Yes. Well, so Craig Ferguson did something pretty difficult for a comedian. And have you seen it, Marnie? No, but I did read that it was quite amazing. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's quite, I think it's quite amazing because Craig Ferguson refrained from making fun of Britney Spears during her meltdown. Um so hopefully this works. I do have a clip of it that I would like to share with you guys. When I used to watch America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, you'd be laughing at the kid falling over and then you go, wait a minute, put down the damn camera and help your kid. What the hell is wrong with you? And I, and I, and I think we're kind of holding the camera and people are falling apart. 
People are, people are dying. That Anna Nicole Smith woman, she died. No, it's not a joke, you know. It's, it stops being funny. That, that she's got a six-week-old kid or six-month-old kid. What the hell is that? You know, and, I, I, and I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about making fun of these people. And for me, comedy should have a certain amount of joy in it. It should be about, about us attacking the powerful people, attacking the politicians and the, and the Trumps and the, and the blowhards of the world, going after them. We shouldn't be attacking the vulnerable people. And I think, I, I'm going to, this is totally a mea culpa, this is just for me. I think my aim's been off a bit recently. I, I, I want to change it a bit. So tonight, no Britney Spears jokes, and here's why. Here's exactly why. Britney Spears. No, 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 this is true. Wait. I'm not doing that. Britney, listen, when she, the kind of weekend she had, she was checking in out of rehab, she was shaving her head, getting tattoos. That's what she was doing this weekend. This Sunday, I was 15 years sober. So I looked at her weekend, and I looked at my own weekend, and I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'd rather have my weekend. I love that. So he's not, he's not hosting shows anymore, is he? I don't think so. I actually forgot about oh. him, to be honest. And as soon as Same, I heard his yeah. voice, I was like, oh, I know him. I wonder if that was part of it, that he just built a career off of making fun of people. And clearly his audience expect it. They yeah. expect the punchline because he said, tonight I'm not going to make fun of Britney Spears. And they lost yeah. it. It happened a couple they of times. They yeah. laughed. I was like, guys, what do you, what do you, he hasn't said anything. What do you yeah. want about? They were expecting something. No, I just said it happened a couple of times where they were laughing and he was like, no, this is literally not a joke. It was just, it was just really interesting. Yeah. I think it took for him to say, this weekend I was 15 years sober for them to realise. It was also interesting because this was from 2007. He said, we should be talking about the politicians, the Trumps. Oh, Trump. And I'm like, lol, yeah. little did he know that he would be one oh, and yeah. the same. But I, what I've taken from this is that it's so bizarre that I remember David Letterman more than I remember mm. Craig Ferguson. And maybe it's just because I don't remember Craig Ferguson. I watch Craig Ferguson much, but... I think it's better to be known as a comedian who displayed some self-control and empathy yeah, absolutely. rather than the comedian who went out for the cheap joke. All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Kiss or Miss and Is It Worth It? Valentine's edition. I know we're a little bit late, but we thought we'd just share them anyway. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Popfix Podcast, or we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. We'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show. You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Kiss or Miss. Oh, how we have missed this segment. <laughs> Steph, you are uh, you had a little Valentine's Day date. I did. Um I thought about whether or not I should talk about this, but you know, I feel like we haven't done this segment in a minute now, so may as well just share my shitty date stories once again. Um, yeah, so basically I, it's not a very long story. It wasn't a very long date. <laughs> I went out with this guy, <laughs> um, from, I met him on a, a dating app as you do, especially in the pandemic times. And, um, yeah, so we, we, we caught up, we went to a, a little, like, like a pub. He turned up very hungover oh. and um, Poor form. which yeah i mean it happens but my thing is 
Yeah, if you're at a point where you can't really function anymore, yeah. then you should just cancel, yeah, I think. Sure. Uh, it just it makes it weird. Yeah. So um, we kind of get there and he was like, do you mind if I just get a, a lemon lime bitters? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, I'll get one too. Um, and then proceeded to just like only want to order jugs of water for the rest of, of the day because he was obviously not functioning. <laughs> um, what time was the date? 3 p.m. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Yeah. So how old is this person? Do I know, like, age doesn't matter. But, like, you know, when you get older, you're wiser about these things. Maybe I should not get fucked up the night before a date. <laughs> yeah. I think he was, like, 30. Yeah. So, oh. you know, an adult. Um, So that was really strange. And I was kind of like, are we going to get some food? Are we going to, like just, I don't know, have a lemonade. Like, it feels so weird to just be here having glasses of water. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's such a strange thing to be doing. Um, but then also, like, beyond that, he just had a lot of interesting things to say. He um, he said that I, I have a, a Westie-sounding accent. What does that mean? I think that because, and this is actually something that I'm a little bit self-conscious about. Um, I don't know. I think I grew up in the inner West and, like, there's – it was kind of like a thing, like, I guess, sort of like ethnic family. Sometimes we have a bit of a, like a twang. I don't know. Um, so there was that. But what a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah. 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 It was, it was odd. It made me feel really um, self-conscious. So that was not great. Um, and then he just, then he, he was really interested in my work and like, you know, wanting to know if I basically have the same job as um, you know, the chicken, ten, uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. And I was like, actually, funnily enough, I do do a lot of, I uh, have done a lot of um, experiments for my work. And so, lol, lol, lol. And then he was kind of super into the idea of like giving me ideas of like funny date experiments. I could do like go on dates with people looking for um, like, you know, to get into a thruple and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like... He's currently on a date with you and he's helping you plan other dates. Like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was weird. But also I was like, it's kind of, I don't know, it was just a bit, like, gross the way that he sort of saw it. Yeah, and, um, trying to pimp you out. Kind of, yeah. And he even, like, at one point was, um, he was talking about... Um, sugar daddies and how like yeah like you know if basically suggesting that I should get one like as a I mean it was a joke but I was like this is weird Um, so there was that and I wouldn't mind a sugar daddy if I didn't have to do anything yeah well he was saying you don't need to do (laughs) anything like not even talk to them (laughs) yeah that's what he was saying he was like oh you can just he'll just pay for your rent and I was like well I mean I guess I should Probably should have done that. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how prevalent these people are in Australia. That is always what I want because I, I think in America and like I think Asian countries as well, it's quite popular mm. for people to do that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. if anyone wants to chuck a couple thousand to us every week for nothing, um, then sure. Then for nothing, then yeah. I mean, look, we could also take our podcast to new heights. 
yeah. <laughs> and we can make you your own special podcast episode where we just say, you're amazing, thanks for the money, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing creepy, nothing beyond that. Yeah. Nothing creepy. So, look, I'll do ASMR for you if you give me a... <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say, ASMR. Like, oh, my God. What? I will, um, you know, if you want photos of my feet, I've said that in the past. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. It was just a very <laughs> strange thing to talk about. <laughs> I'm not judging people who do that for a living. I'm just trying to picture Marnie with <laughs> ascending feet. How do I pose my feet? How do I do it? You have nice feet, I'm sure. It's I'm sure you angles. always. I hate my feet, angles. guys. I hate my feet. But if anyone <laughs> likes my feet and wants to pay me dollars for them, then sure. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So it was just I feel really like we weird. derailed this story. Sorry, Sorry, Steph. Hey, no, that was very exciting. No, um, I yeah, it was just it was just very weird, and like, I at one point was like to him. I feel like you're really struggling and you probably need to go home and go to bed. Fair enough. So Fair time for enough. a nap. You know. Yeah. And he was like, really? Do I seem like that? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, so <laughs> he did later kind of say, oh, you know, I own that it was poor form and whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's okay. He's like, I probably should have gotten food or maybe actually an alcoholic drink. I would have felt better. And I was like, yeah, probably. Anyway, time to go. So Jeez. that was. So you're seeing him again? Uh, no, no, that won't be happening. <laughs> yeah, oh, Valentine's goodness. Day. It was great, guys. But also, guys, if you have your own kiss or miss story, we have done a call out. We do actually have one that we are waiting to share. So if you've got your own kiss or miss story, we would love to hear it. We could share it anonymously. You don't have to give us your net. Well, you might somehow have to give us your name because I don't know how you're going to send it to us. Um, but, oh, well, we do have a Gmail actually, popfixpodcast at gmail.com. You could create a fake uh, email if you really wanted to. Uh, send us your stories. We'll share it. People love kiss or miss, guys. People rave about it. Alrighty, it's time for Is It Worth It? And uh, we thought we'd just go around and tell everyone our favourite Valentine's Day movie picks. Sama, what's yours? So, mine is Ghost. Have either of you seen it? I haven't, and I know it's a classic, and I hope that if I watch it one day, I don't not like it, because it's oh from the time. I, don't tell me. <laughs> don't know. tell me I know, I know. if you don't <laughs> like it. Because knowing, knowing our very different movie tastes, Steph, you'll be on board with me, I know. We have very similar movie tastes. Definitely, yes. Um, so I actually first saw Ghost last Valentine's Day. It was the last movie I saw before COVID hit. So oh. they were doing a special Valentine's movie special. Um, and therefore, and I'm saying special a lot, but it does have a special place in my heart because oh. of that. Um if you don't know, Ghost is a story about a young man played by Patrick Swayze who is murdered and he lingers on Earth as a ghost to watch over his girlfriend played by the gorgeous Demi Moore. The best part about Ghost is Whoopi Goldberg. I knew you were uh, going to say that. I love her. So Whoopi plays a con artist who's pretending that she can speak to people's loved ones who have passed away. But then one day... A ghost really does talk to her, and of course it's Patrick Swayze, and he won't leave her alone until she helps solve his murder and saves his girlfriend, and it's just, you know, it's every, it's everyone's dream, you know? No, I'm, it's not. It's, it's actually kind of depressing it's at, at points. 
yeah, in this movie, but uh, I still think it's very good. <laughs> nice. Steph, what about you? Um, I also have an oldie but a goodie. Um, my favourite would have to be Sleepless in Seattle. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I love Tom Hanks, and I also really enjoy the Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan combination. I just feel like they did a couple of movies together and they were yep. really great. And I don't know. I feel like it's kind of iconic. Good combo. Yeah. yeah. So if have both of you seen this movie? Yes. Yeah. I haven't. Very oh. interesting. Okay. So just I'll give you a brief um, run through. So basically it's about um, Sam – Baldwin is Tom Hanks' character. He is a widower and he's got a young son, uh, Jonah, and he lives in Seattle, as the (laughs) would indicate. (laughs) And he's a single man and people are kind of like wanting him to move on from, from his wife's death, but he's struggling with that a little bit. But... Basically, there's one night where his son forces him to call in to a, a radio talk show where he speaks about, you know, his situation, how he lost his wife and he's, you know, now single. And uh, Meg Ryan is, is listening in as this is happening. I think she's driving as, hap- as it happens. She hears it and she just basically, you know, is swept away by the story because it was beautiful. And I think a, a lot of women hear it and they want to meet him. Um, but Jonah gets very invested in the idea of his dad meeting Meg Ryan's character because a bunch of women contact him off the back of, of this radio Didn't show. the Olsen twins do something similar called Daddy Billboard or something? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. D- maybe? I have never heard <laughs> of that. Or that Billboard Dad, Billboard Dad. <laughs> Daddy Billboard. Daddy Billboard. Billboard Dad is what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe. I've never heard of it. I'm sure. It's probably up there. I wouldn't worry too much about it, to be honest. Yeah, but anyway, it's basically, it's kind of parent trappy, I suppose, because um, uh, the kid, like, and his friend try to, you know, orchestrate it so that the pair meet because he really wants his dad to, to, to be with um, to be with Meg Ryan. Um, her name's Annie in it. So, yeah, it's it's really sweet. It's just kind of like one of those classic um, romantic films. The, the final, the ending is in New York, which is really lovely, and I think New York is the most romantic city on the planet. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really heartwarming and... Also, it's got a lot of funny parts in it too, which is is kind of breaks up the sap, which is lovely. I enjoy that a lot. It also has Rita Wilson in it, Aww. which I enjoy because she plays one of Tom Hanks's friends, that's and sweet. that's really cute. Sounds so, good. Yeah, very cute. Um, mine is about time because not only is it a great movie, it's one that guys also like. So if you need something that you want to watch with a guy, I have never heard so many men like talk about how great this movie like a movie is that's a rom-com kind of style movie um and that's like there are very few times i'll be like kieran can we watch a rom-com kind of style movie i've probably asked him to watch like including this one three we watched it last night 
Um, and if you haven't seen it, it is a must watch. It is just a beautiful film that involves time travel, which sounds silly, but they, it's just done so well. So, Sammy, you've not seen it, have you? No. Steph, have you seen it? No, no, I haven't. Oh, my God, you guys, it's so beautiful. Okay, so basically it stars Domhnall Gleeson, Rachel McAdams and Bill Nye, and it's about a guy called Tim who possesses the power to travel back in time, and all the men in his family are also capable of this. So after his 21st birthday, his dad sits him down and um, tells him that he can do this, and he's like, lol, 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 dad, don't be stupid, (laughs) Um, until he realises that it's actually true. And so with the advice on how to make it work from his father, who tells him to use it to make himself truly happy. So not money, not power, but to focus on the things that would make his life even better. So Tim uses his abilities to pursue the love of his life, Mary. And it is so sweet. And it's a Richard Curtis movie. So if you like Love Actually, you'll love this movie as well. And Bill Nye is so great in it. I remember the first time I watched it, though, I just want to give you a piece of advice. I had so much dread that something terrible was going to happen, but no, nothing horrific does happen. There are sad bits, I'm, I won't lie, but nothing horrific. I don't want you to sit there waiting for something really, 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 really horrible to happen. So make sure you've got tissues and don't be filled with a sense of dread like with all kind of time travel movies because it's beautiful and... It is a must watch. Alrighty, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review, we would very much appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast. And we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. Sammer, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore Sammer Rose underscore. And Steph. I'm at Steph Nuzzo. And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.